Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 359 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Stills answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, welcome, everyone. Indeed, and last week you suggested we should update the intro, but we haven't, so there you go. <laughs> There you go, exactly. Indeed. Uh, now, I was just wondering, Alice, what kind of tree fits in your hand? Uh, I, I think I actually know this one. A palm tree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like You knew that one already. That, yeah, that one's too easy, Jeff. Oh, all right. Well, why was the painting arrested for robbing the bank oh why was the painting arrested for robbing the bank yeah oh, I, don't, I don't know that one he was framed <laughs> my, my, <laughs> a, little, a little almost <laughs> laugh there alloys no, i've got a, i've got a bit of a cough jeff a little bit of a cough yeah. <laughs> that that is a, that is a win yes <laughs> indeed um but that does bring us on to a, a really good segment of this show called on this day, or maybe on this week, whatever you call it, but it's a great segment regardless. It what, is. <laughs> what have you got for us? Uh, I've got a couple of birthdays. Got a couple of birthdays. So, got um, Alexander Karakasevich's birthday is on the 9th of December. Um, he's he's such an exciting player to watch, Karakasevich. He's um, a Serbian player that just like just tees off on both sides. Um, yeah, love uh, love watching Karakasevich play. So he, um, yeah, so he's, he he played for um, Yugoslavia, Serbia, Montenegro, and Serbia. So he's mm-hmm. done he's done quite a bit. Um, won some mixed doubles. He's won four mixed doubles at the European Championships, wow. which is pretty incredible. Yeah, so you know, I might call him a specialist mixed doubles player, and and, um, and also two silver medals at a European mixed. Um, and got a bronze in the singles in 2011 as well. So at the Europeans, so you know he's one of these players that's um, he's always just been a bit on the fringe, really hot and cold type of player. Um, but you know at at his brilliant best, I love watching Karakasevic play. Karakasevic, um, yeah. So if you haven't seen him, maybe just Google it. Karakasevic, yeah, yeah. awesome. Alexander. And then another another difficult name, um, but um, also born on the 9th of December, Satasini Sawetabut from Thailand. So, Not difficult uh, for you with your pronunciation. Look at that. <laughs> exactly. Very nice. So, so uh, she will be 27 years old tomorrow. Um, and again, really, um, what the, the, the thing I like about Sawetabut is that she's come out and she's like one, she's the best Thai player, and um, and has really started to put Thailand on the on the map, um, on the world scene. So she won southeastern ga- Southeast Asia Games singles gold medal and doubles and mixed um, over her time. But um, yeah, again, if you get a chance to watch her play, right hander um, plays pretty close to the table. But um, yeah, you know, it's one of the, one of those um, things that. It's it you know if you if you grow up in in a major con- major 
um, table tennis country, and yeah. uh, you know you're just part of the system, and you you're one of the one of the crowd. Um, it it's almost a bit easier, but uh, but she's really um, yeah uh, brought Thailand onto the map. So yeah, really admire Sathasini. Sathasini, well done, Sathasini, and happy birthday. Wow. Exactly, happy birthday, 27. There you go, still young, still young. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Very good. Now, another great segment on this show is so good that we forgot to do it last week. Yeah. <laughs> the tip I of the week. Can't believe it, Jeff. We How could we forget? I mean, this I mean, this is yeah. why people listen to this show to hear the tip of the week. That's right. And and they would have been left so disappointed. But yeah, anyway, my tip of the week last week, Jeff, yeah. was was make sure that you use video to capture your games or your training. Um, nowadays, it's so simple to just set up your your phone, um, mm-hmm. or if you've got, or if you do have a little video camera, just set it up on a tripod. tripod um, and especially for your matches, just video your matches, and at some stage, just watch them back because it's. I find it's really different when you watch your match back compared to when you're in the heat of battle um, and and the things that you will be able to pick up, um, you know, by by almost watching on like a spectator rather than being in the middle of it. So um, definitely just have a, have a go at videoing one or two of your matches um, and also just video your training session from time to time because, yeah. again, when you just see yourself playing, it, it, give, it brings a different perspective. And, it um, you know, I often have players say to me, wow, you know, like I didn't think I played like that, you know, and sometimes it's a, it's a pleasant surprise and sometimes it's a bit of a disappointing surprise, but that's okay because that's the reality that you're, that you're then seeing. And you're also seeing it like you would, you know, if you're watching the best players in the world and you see what they, what they look like, um, then you've got a bit of a comparison. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And and which brings me on to my tip of the week this week. Yes. Just so we don't miss the tip of the week this week. <laughs> and that is what should you do once you get that video and once you get yes. Yeah. So it, it doesn't, it like, I mean, there's lots of different levels of things that you can do with your video. But for me, the first thing is just watch it um, and just um, have a look to see what you think that your strokes look like um and if it's a match have a look at a very basic level of um of ways of having uh, of looking at what you're doing well and what you're doing badly in a in a match situation um and see if, see if you can then build on that um in your in your thinking but also then in your practice you know it's a really easy way to just say oh okay um i I really struggled with my forehand topspin in this match. So, you know, this week I'm going to practice my forehand topspin. Or um, I couldn't return that guy's serve, you know. And so mm. you can have a look at the serve. And even you can even show it to one of your training partners and say, you know, can you do some serves like this um, and then get a chance to practice against um, a similar type of serve so that next time you come up against that opponent, um, you might be a little bit better at, at returning it. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. And I guess... Having that framework of like, uh, what's something I do well, what's something I don't do well, or, or what's three things I do well and three things I didn't do well is, is good because 
like some people might not know how to analyze something, but if you're just looking for that, that's a pretty simple framework. And hopefully you can find, you know, three things you do well and three things you need improvement on. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and you don't have to, you don't have to, as I said, watch the match, you know, um, with a fine tooth comb, just have a look at it. And sometimes, sometimes things just really stick out and, um, and are really noticeable to you when you when you're sitting there in your lounge room, you know, in the cold light of uh, cold light light of day. Um, it makes it much easier to analyse things rather than when you're in the heat of battle. Yeah, and although my my kids say that I'm stuck in the '80s because of the music I listen to, <laughs> it, it is modern day now, and it, like you said, it's so easy to film. Like when I yep. played, there's hardly any footage of me playing, but Nowadays, just pull out a camera, take some video. Yeah, Pretty just simpler. Pull, pull out your phone, you know, just exactly. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah most phones nowadays uh, take really good video, or certainly video that's good enough to be able to sit and watch yourself yes, play. Definitely, definitely. And and speaking of phones, Alloys, we have a Ping Skills scoring app. We do. Yes. Tell tell the folks about it, Jeff. Well. Good news, folks. It is now free. So jump on to the Apple Store and download it because using it, you can score your score your games and never have another argument again. It's uh, it's very good to use. Uh, got a lot of options. It's even got some voice recognition so you can uh, just tell it um, who won the point and it will update. So so head on to the Apple Store, download the Ping Skill Scoring app and and stop having arguments about the score. <laughs> That's right. Yes, easy, easy. And speaking of scoring too, Jeff, um, I was watching, I was watching, uh, or keeping track of the World Youth Championships, which Ooh. are on this week. So we had the World yeah. Championships last week, and and this week, uh, yeah, the World Youth Championships. And and again, really good to to watch some of these guys play. Um, and just see see that that next generation of players. You know, there's there's certainly some good Chinese players around, but there's also some good players coming up from um, around the world. You know, some of the Russian players, some of the Indians, um, are pretty strong. So uh, yeah, so that's um, that's being held currently in Portugal. Um, I think they're up to the semi-final stage of most of the singles events. So um, yeah, you can you can jump onto the ITTF uh, website and find the World Youth Championships and uh and have a look at that very good i wonder if their umpires at those championships should use the ping skill scoring app that exactly. would be great um that would and, never and be... just also yeah a big thank you to jeff burns for he was the one that you know developed the scoring app um and has done a, a great job uh on that too yeah thanks jeff right. not not you not you <laughs> no not me and, and what a jeff. good name to be honest you know <laughs> <laughs> you know he's a yes, good guy yeah. straight away. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jeff Burns. But yeah, so uh, yeah, get on there and well, free app, why not? Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, now that brings us on to the questions, Alloys. How are you feeling? Are you you like you've yeah. given the tip of the week, so I think you should be ready now. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I've warmed up, Jeff. I'm right. Yeah. Now, Kajal. Um, has played a bit of table tennis, but just at home and wants to start playing tournaments just, you know, at his local district level. So 
how how do you go about participating if you've never done that before? Yeah, and this is a really good and important step, Kajal. Now, I often uh, get um, emails and questions from our readers and and uh, ping skillers saying, "Oh, well, I'm I'm going to wait till I'm um, good enough to play, you know, in a league, or I'm good enough to play in a tournament." I say get out there and just have a go at playing in these tournaments. You know, a lot of the tournaments are just open to anyone, so anyone can enter. It's really worth just going down and just being amongst um, yeah. all these players that play that play competitively and might just learn a thing or two on the day. Um, you know, it just gives you a much broader um, outlook or aspect on um, on on the game of table tennis. So, first of all, Kajal, well done. The second thing is, how do you how do you get involved in these tournaments? So, each country and um, each state often has their own little system. I find the best way to to go about it is to get onto the website of your state association or your or your county or um, or district. Um, Table Tennis Association, or just go down to your local club and ask them about, you know, how to how to get involved in playing either a league or a pennant or um, or getting involved in some tournaments. Um, and that's probably a really good link for you to to get involved at that next level of uh, of table tennis. And as I said, it's so important to to broaden your your outlook and horizons with uh, with the game, and not just think about oh, I'm going to play my uh, my mate in the garage or I'm not just going to um, you know play my group of friends at work um, and it, it I guess it does take a bit of a a, a, um, a bit of bravery to do that but Jeff you know we, we, we come back to this story but but I think it's one of the things that really um, got you going in table yeah tennis. for sure for sure because um, you just get exposed to so much more uh, so, so many different styles, and and you realise just um, how little you know about the sport once you first go to a club, or how little I knew. Um, and and then they have lots of events, so you've got lots of opportunity to improve. Whereas if you're just playing against just your your brother or your sister or your next door neighbour, um, you can certainly improve a little bit. But once you go to the club, you learn about spin and different styles and different equipment and and it's a whole new world. So, yeah, I, I think that club is a great link up. Um, and even if you don't play in a tournament, you can play in some competitions at the club and then, you know, go to a tournament. But like you said, just just go and do it. Just get involved. Just get started. doesn't matter. Everyone, It's open to everyone. You've got all different levels. So um, you're certainly not going to embarrass yourself and you're probably going to learn a lot and have a great time. Yep. Go for it, Kajal. Yeah, good luck, Kajal. So let us know if you do go to one, Kajal, and anyone else out there listening to this podcast thinking about it, just do it and then send us an email and let us know how it went. All right, next up is a question from Andy. He says, happy holidays, Coach Alois. He says, I'm a shake hand player who plays roughly three to four times a week, but sometimes I don't have enough time switching his grip from forehand to backhand. So he wants to know a couple of things, Alois. Is it possible to use the same grip for the forehand and backhand? And do you think it's possible that he might be standing too close to the table and that's why he doesn't have enough time to switch? Yeah. I think um, 
It could be could be a little bit of both, Andy. But I'd I'd think firstly about your grip because that's usually the issue that I find with uh, with players. So if you're changing your grip um, significantly and you don't have time to change your grip when you're standing close to the table, then I think it's time to just start to modify your grip to make it much more neutral so that you can find um, a way to hold the bat that you can play both forehand and backhand reasonably effectively. Um, It won't feel easy to start with, especially one side you'll find will be a bit more difficult. But um, I really encourage you to uh, persevere with that because it's such an important part of the game to be able to switch between your forehand and backhand because once you've made that decision, if you've then um, uh, reacting and switching, but you, your bat's in a really wrong position, mm-hmm. then it's going to be uh, difficult to progress. So, so first up, Andy, find a grip that's much more neutral that you can play both forehands and backhands with. Yeah, pro- so it doesn't have to be the exact same grip, does it? No, not not the exact same, but it needs to be something that you can switch quickly enough. And I find um, players sometimes when they think about, I'm going to just find the grip that's um, that's neutral, then they really grab onto the racket too tightly. Mm. Um, and so then there's no flexibility at all in your hand or feel in your hand. So, so have your hand nice and soft, have it in a neutral position, and then just allow that subtle movement um, that you've got time for between your forehand and your backhand. Yeah, so basically the time it takes you to move your racket from your backhand to your forehand, you, you should be in that new grip straight away. Yeah, and the yeah. best way to the best way to find that uh, grip position is to get your partner to start to hit the ball really slowly, either to your forehand or backhand. Yep. And so you don't know where it's going. Yeah, so you don't know where it's going. And then just try to adjust between forehand and backhand. Just allow you the bat to to mould into your hand and to, to soften in your hand until you find something that's reasonably um, you know, neutral, as I said, that you can um that you can switch easily between the two strokes. Mm-hmm. All right. Good good advice. All right. So Andy, hopefully that's that helps you out. Um, and great question, great question. And it's good you're thinking about this improvement and how you can get better. So uh, well done there, Andy. All right, next up, another good question, some really good questions today, Alois. One from Kenneth, and Kenneth says, Dear Pink Seals, after we purchase a rubber in its package, is it okay to keep it for a few months to a year before actually using it and gluing it on the blade? And will there be any decreasing quality? Yeah, so Kenneth, um, as long as you keep it, as you say, in the packet, um, and if you keep it in a reasonably, you know, cool, dark place. So if you just put it in a cupboard, um, you uh, you can you'll actually find that you'll probably be able to keep it for ten years, um, pretty well, and it won't really deteriorate at all. Um, so so you'll be completely fine. The the thing that really affects the rubber is if you um, keep it out in heat mm. or in the atmosphere so if you open up the packet packet and um and then dust and um you know the weather is getting to the rubber 
then that's when it's going to start to deteriorate. But if you keep it in the packet sealed or, you know, even if you have opened the packet, just seal it up, um, you know, just put it in a plastic bag um, where the air is not going to uh, get to it. And or some glad wrap. Or is some that, glad wrap. Is yep. that an Australian thing or is that a... Yeah, I reckon it is. Cling wrap. Ah. Cling wrap, Jeff. Yes, um, cling wrap. Yeah, cling wrap. Yeah, um, yeah, cling wrap and just put it in the in the cupboard and uh, you, you can forget about it. In fact, I've... I've um, I've got some sheets of rubber in there that I think are probably 30 years old that I looked at the other day and think, thought, <laughs> oh, I should um, I should get them out and just put them on some bats. So, uh, yeah, um, Kenneth, the answer is no problems at all. Oh, dear, 30, really? 30 years old? Yeah, at least, actually. <laughs> all right, there you go. Um, all right, so, yeah, thanks for that, uh, Kenneth. Um, I guess... Yeah. It's interesting. Why do you have rubbers that are 30 years old, Alice? <laughs> because someone gave them to me and um, and I thought, you know, oh, yeah, I'll use them one day. <laughs> <laughs> and you will. You will. And I will. But, yeah. But at the moment, good. they're still sitting in the bottom of the cupboard. <laughs> nice one. All right. Uh, next up, a really interesting question again from Dayton, who says, do you think there will be any more pen holes in pro table tennis after Zhu Xin and Chi Dang retire? That's a good question. I was just going out to, I just went and got the rubber out of my cupboard. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> what type of rubber yes. is that? Yeah. Uh, what type of rubber? Yeah. Um, Friendship 729 TSS Super. Super. Yep. And then there's some, there's some, oh, some pimple rubber. There's, Ooh. Uh, Armstrong, Armstrong, 1.2 millimeter pimple rubber. There's a couple of sheets of that, and you know what? There's a sheet, and I reckon you might have actually given this to me, Jeff. There's yeah. a sheet of, there's a sheet of 2.1 millimeter black Shriver. Yeah, I could have given that to you, maybe. And that is the rubber that I reckon is at least 30 years old because. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's hard to tell. And I've actually got another sheet of this Friendship Seven Two Nine that's out of the packet, but it's got that you know that sticky plastic that they have on it. Yes, it's got that on it, and I reckon that will be perfect even when I take that out or take that plastic off and put it on, stick it on a rubber, so stick it on a racket. So there you go. Very good. There's some sheets of rubber. Anyway, you had another question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening to the pen holders? Are, are they yeah, going to yeah. survive or is everyone going to be a shake hand player moving forward? Yeah, well, it's certainly moving that way. But there's there's a, a, a young French guy, um, Felix, who's who's playing penhole now and he's doing really well um, in the in the youth championship. So. You know, maybe, maybe just there's a little, there's a little glimmer of hope for the pen holders out there. But, but you know, having said that though, um, don't think that if you are playing pen hole that you can't become a good player. You know, it's just, uh, you know, at that. Well, I mean, there's there's still players as head that are that are reaching a, an extremely high level in the world playing pen hold. Yeah. So it's it's not impossible to do, you know. So if you're playing penhold and you like penhold, just keep using penhold. Um, but um, yeah, as far as the actual question, 
I, I think it's just, you know, when when so many players are playing shake hand, then the balance of probabilities goes towards the, the shake handers as well. Yeah, I mean, if, if 90% of players just all started playing uh, penold, um, would the 10% of shake handers just still win? Good question. Yeah. How much of a difference does it make? Yeah. Yeah, and and there's yeah, and there's uh, Jasper also commented and said that um, uh, Wong Chung Ting is also a pen holder, from Kong, Hong Kong player who's um, yes, who's doing <laughs> very that. good player. Yeah, um, yeah, but when you see the the like traditional pen hold powerhouses, China and Japan, nowadays they seem to be just producing a lot more shake handers as well, which does make me think. You know, pen holders is definitely on the way out. Yeah, I think um, I think so. I mean, you know, just in general, the 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 back end becomes a little bit more problematic. So, um, and especially now with the game, um, you know, being fast, and also the the angles now that the players are working with, it's hard to cover well the the court with your mm. forehand um yep. and you know when that ball gets wide it's it's difficult so um yeah and, 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 and i think you know some people are like well the pen holders now have the reverse pen hold backhand pen hold backhand um but if they're playing that why not just play shake hand because that gets rid of any real advantage of the oh maybe not any but gets rid of the crossover point and yeah they've got to make a decision which side of the racket to use should i play the reverse or should i just go with so you know, if you're going to start doing that, I'm kind of like, just use shake hand. Yeah, and that's what probably sounds like a lot of people are thinking. Yeah, interesting. But I like your thought too. Like, especially if, if you're just a player and you like playing the penhole, then don't give up on it just because of that. Like, yeah, y- you see how many good players there are. And maybe that'll give you some kind of advantage because there are so few people playing it and people won't be used to playing against penhold. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe that'll actually improve your level. That's right. Yep. So, yeah. If you're using it, keep using it. Nice one. All right. Thanks, Dayton. Good question. And last one, Alloys from Paul. Not even really a question, but just just a wonderful uh, thing for us, for our egos, Alloys. <laughs> Paul said, hello, Alois. Just finished listening to your recent podcast, and I am still laughing. Wow, obviously not your jokes. Obviously referring to the joke of the day. Like, yes. See, the podcast goes for quite a while, and he was still laughing at the joke from the beginning. That's how good they are. (laughs) He said, hearing you and Jeff again after such a long hiatus is proof that God is in his heaven and all is well in the world. Thank you for bringing your brand of sunshine to We Yanks here in the US. Can't wait to your next podcast. Well, here it is, Paul, and I hope it, uh, <laughs> hope it, uh, it fulfills, your, fulfills your dream. I don't know about yeah, <laughs> that. Yeah. Oh, dear. And those those jokes today were just, just ordinary, too. I yeah. think just for Paul, I'm going to have to tell another one. What, what do you call joke? bears with no ears? Nothing, because they won't come anyway. <laughs> B. <laughs> B is bears. Ah, yeah. oh, Paul, that's just for you. <laughs> oh. Just a special joke for you. Thank Sorry, you, Paul. Paul. 
Sorry, Paul. <laughs> Apologies. Apologies ahead of time of you listening to this podcast. All right. Well, Alois, that brings us on to the segment that we use to close things up. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. I like it. Mm-hmm. Bring right. it on. Bring it on. Banging your head against the wall burns 150 calories an hour. Mm. And that sounds even more fun than listening to my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> why, do you laugh, why do you laugh at that? Imagine all the people losing weight. <laughs> we're going to have skinny listeners. <laughs> Just banging their head against the wall. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, this is one for the Americans. Around 1,600 New Yorkers are bitten every year by other New Yorkers. Bitten? Yes. What's going on there? I have no idea, but it's a big city, so it's probably a low percentage. Yeah. All right. Now, if you're not up to date with cryptocurrency and the new modern wave of things, maybe you'll like this OMG fact. It is believed that around 80% of Earth's gold is still buried underground. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Does it say where? (laughs) It does not. Yeah. And it's a weird one because it's an OMG fact, but it starts off with it is believed. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I'm I'm starting Yeah. Getting as dodgy as your jokes. Um, and just two quick ones. This one's more of a like a Halloween one. In the average trick or treaters bag, there's around five thousand four hundred and thirty-five calories. So after you get that trick or treating, you should just bang your head against the wall for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're talking about Japan and their penhold history. In Japan, there is no well, there's no area in Japan that is more than 100 miles from the sea. Oh, really? It's that skinny? 200 miles across. There you go. There you go. 160 kilometres. That's right. Look at you with your conversions. There you go. That's fantastic. That's that's a good OMG fact. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like that one. (laughs) I'm going to write that one down. (laughs) Yeah. Next um, time you next time you're just in an elevator and there's silence, you could just turn to the person and say, Did yeah. you know? Yeah. Or I could say, Did you know that if the population of China started walking past the elevator? <laughs> yes. Um, that was we'd never if, get if, off. If you yeah, if you if you if you don't know about that OMG fact, you need to go back and listen to I think it's two podcasts ago. Yes. That was a good OMG fact. Oh, so good. Good fact. Good fact. So yeah. Good. Well, well, that is a wrap. So have just, we remembered every? Have we remembered everything today, Jeff? It's unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> it's unlikely. But I have a little list here. Oh uh, no, we haven't. We haven't, Jeffrey. Of course we haven't. There's a little thing called Who Am I? I'm just going down exactly. my list. Exactly. I got too excited with the OMG facts. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, tell us about this Who Am I competition. Okay, so 
we uh, last uh, last time we gave you the uh, clue. So we give you one clue every week, and um, we see if anyone can guess the Who Am I competition. So last week, the only clue we gave you was that um, my brother's name is Malt, M-A-L-T-E. Mm. So, yeah, so there you go. And So we thought we'd just run this one for two weeks, so get your yep. entry in. But we're giving out another clue, right? Yep. The, the clue today is... I am Swedish. Oh, Jana Vevolden. Oh, no, don't give it away. Shh. Probably not Jana Vevolden's brother's name's not Malt. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so if you think that you know, or even if you don't think that you know, just go to the uh, Ping Skills website, go click on your name in the top right hand corner, and go down to the competition and. Uh, and if you go in there, you'll be able to enter the competition, enter who you think has a brother named Malt and is Swedish. Cool. Yeah. Who am I? Episode five. Awesome. Yeah. All and, right. Uh, and we will uh, select the winner next week. So let me see. Uh, joke of the day. Tick with an extra special one in there for Paul. On yeah. this day, tick. Yeah. Tip of the week, tick, tick, two of them this week. Yeah, last last week's tip of the day. Yeah, go Scoring on. Scoring app free. Go get it from the Apple Ping, uh, from the Apple App Store. Uh, yep. We, we answered those great table tennis questions. Oh, Dicta, good. Who am I? OMG facts. That is everything. I am now <laughs> certain. Oh <laughs> uh, well, we've probably forgotten something, but anyway, um, we probably kept we probably kept you guys. Uh, up long enough so uh yeah yes so yeah once again thank you for listening we do appreciate it and it is nice uh thank you paul for those kind words we 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 really do appreciate it and of course alois thank you for all your words of wisdom no uh, not a problem jeff and uh yeah go to uh go to pingskills.com and just see what you can learn this week about your table tennis. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Bye.